When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Pack. Uh, this is the series where um, on each podcast we invite a Wolves fan really to share their own stories from the pack. So we have a little trip down memory lane or, or Molyneux way as it is. So um, before I introduce our special guest today, I uh, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has supported the series and all the other podcasts that we do, the regular podcasts, and also the media series and the film cast as well. Thank you everybody who supported us. Uh, we're into series two of Stories from the Pack now. Um, and I guess really on this series, I wanted to bring as much diverse stories, and stories that you may not have heard before. So um, really this fits the bill completely, as you'll see in a moment. So uh, before I introduce the next guest, um, as I say, thanks so much for everybody who supported us and I hope you'll enjoy uh, his story. So let me introduce to you uh, Blake. Blake, your surname, Haupt? Haupt. Haupt, perfect. Um, two stories from the Blake, uh, from the Blake, stories from the pack. Blake, how are you? Yeah, doing well. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. I mean, me and Blake, just to add a bit of context, we've, I think we've met briefly socially on a couple of occasions and we've got a very good mutual friend as well. Um, and as Blake will tell you in a moment, I've had people on this who've got slightly different stories, but some of them are very similar in terms of being originally from Wolverhampton and I guess more of a stereotypical entry to Wolves. But Blake, as, as, as will become apparent on this podcast, took a slightly different route. So Blake, if you can kind of put us in the picture, um, a little bit about yourself in, t- in terms of um, your upbringing and your introduction to, to football and then, and then to Wolves. When did it all start for you? Well, boy, that's, that's a story and a half there. Well, I actually was born and raised in Southern California. So, you know, football was never really on the radar for me, especially growing up. You know, I was a, I was a big ice hockey fan, a big ice hockey player. You know, for, for years, I always thought that, that soccer was, you know, just some weird European sport that, that I would never be into. And then things really started to change for me. Uh, so first of all, uh, I can't remember when it was. Well, I, I do remember. It must have been 2003 because it was Wolves against Man United. It was the first match I had ever watched on television. It was, at the time, I didn't think it was that great. At the time, you know, I, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't really know anything. So I, I sort of just brushed it off. I, I kind of watched it for a couple of minutes and then I switched it off and, I think about a year after that, my dad took me to my first football match, which was an LA Galaxy game in California. Mm-hmm. And 
it was just so different to anything I'd ever seen before because, you know, you had fans who were singing and, and all the stuff that you guys are used to. And, you know, it's a, it's a much smaller scale with the MLS, but still as, as someone who is completely unaccustomed to that stuff, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. So I wanted to get into it more and I wanted to, to sort of, you know, find a scene, do something with it. And, you know, I was scrolling, I think, through FIFA one day. And uh, one of the teams I saw on it was Wolves, who I had seen in this match previously with, with Man United. So I thought, all right, that'll be my team. That's who I'll support. And it sort of started off slow, you know. Um, the year it really picked off where I really started to get into it was, unfortunately for me, the, the 2012 season when we were first relegated from the Premier League. Well, not first, but uh, – when Manchester City were champions and we got relegated and then we got relegated to League One after that. So it was a brutal first couple of years for me, um, really getting into it. And, you know, there were so many days when I'd be in high school and I'd just have to be forced to to look through basically Molyneux trying to find articles and what was going on because I just had absolutely no clue because there was just, you know, a, a small team in League One that, that just wasn't being covered in California. So for a long time, it was really hard to follow. But you know, I, I really got into it and really became something that was really passionate for me. And uh, I just decided to, to go full with it. And I decided to, to come over here for university so that I could get season tickets to Wolves home and away. And I right. haven't looked back since. And just, and just that sort of introduction in terms of, of football, as you say, you reference, you saw the game against United and it was kind of like, okay, it's, it's there and I'm aware of it. And it, and, Football wasn't sort of, you know, soccer wasn't your, your focus or other sports. So was the LA Galaxy in a way kind of because the way in which the crowd interacted, did that kind of pique your interest then in terms of I'm quite into this game and I want to see perhaps the European model or? Uh, kind of. It was, my, it was my gateway club, you know, mm. uh, sort of that first experience which gave me a taste for what football could be. And you know, the thing about American sports is American sports are built so that everyone has a chance at winning, you know, teams that lose, they get draft picks, they get help, they get all mm. these different chances to become better. Whereas with football, it's much more, there's almost this dichotomy to it where you have winners, you have losers. And at the time you had 50 feet of poo and then you had wolves. Mm. And something about that was just so different and so, I want to say organic and so honest that it just completely grabbed me. And, you know, it's just, I, I've loved following Wolves because, you know, you follow a big club like Man United and Chelsea and all that, and you win games. And it's like, that's your normal. That's usual. Like I never guessed that Wolves would be in the premiership beating the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham. You know, I never guessed that. So being here now to see all of that, it's just, I mean, it brings me to tears almost half the time because I just never thought that I would ever get to see the day where that would happen. And it's just, it's incredible. It really is incredible. It's, it's goosebumps, isn't it, really? As you're describing yeah. it now, and it is, and it resonates. And I think, as you say, because your, your instruction was, I get, although, as, as you well know, because you're well-versed in terms of Wars history, there's been many ups and downs. You, you joined, essentially, at a, at a downward point. Yeah. And as you say, and... You know, we've um, sort of a time of recording. We've we've just seen us win our first game back against Sheffield United, and and we're watching for for, for many the the best side we've we've seen. But but as you say, you've kind of had that introduction, which must much must make it even a lot sweeter now because of that. But 
if I can sort of bring bring you back slightly in terms of Wolves and FIFA, what was it? Was it the fact that you referenced there, Blake, that you kind of felt well there were underdogs, maybe, or was it the kit, or was what was kind of the draw initially? Specifically, what it was, I don't know if I can remember exactly, but mm. what I will tell you is that it was so weird because all of the pieces seemed to fit perfectly because. I remember uh, like a couple of months after I had chosen Wolves to be my club and I was starting to get sort of more hardcore into it. Um, me and my family took a day trip to San Diego and there was this, this little hole in the wall English shop that just stole, that sold, you know, just random English goods like teas, all that different stuff, the chocolates, crisps. And in there was a wolf scarf just out of the blue. There was <laughs> City, Manchester United, Tottenham, you know, all the normal ones. And then in the middle of all that was Wolves. So that was how I got my first Wolves scarf. And it, it just seemed like everything went perfect. And of course, the first year I actually came to England to study was the year that um, Nuno had just come in. So it was that championship season where we just absolutely tore up everything. And, you know, it was just fantastic because I didn't expect it. And here I was seeing Wolves win home and away every single time. It was awesome. And so it kind of felt like hey, it probably sounds a little bit twee and cheesy, but but it's true. It kind of felt stars as aligned. There was was there something yeah, kind yeah. of saying, yeah, this 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 is my team, and and this and this fits with me. So um, I, I think it's amazing the fact that you you've, you've your first sort of brief encounter with Wolves is a game, and and then you you watch a game domestically as it was at the time, and then just to make sure I've got this correct. Were, you, were your studies purely on the basis of that was your way into Wolves? Exactly. That was the <laughs> entire reason I've chosen University of Wolverhampton was so that I could support Wolves. That was yeah. it. Um, you know, it was just, I, I sort of thought, why not? You know, I, I loved Wolves so much. Um, you know, they had become a huge part of my life. And, you know, it was just a great opportunity for me to come over, get season tickets, home and away, um, you know. And it's just, it's been great. And I haven't looked back since. And I I plan to stay if I can find work after I graduate. So, yeah, it's just been fantastic. And talk to me then, if you can, Blake, about your first experience of Wolverhampton and your first game. And and did it differ from your expectations, as difficult as it is to build up sort of a perception of what it would be like? Sort of. Mm. Um, the, The story of my first coming to Wolverhampton is... Uh, well, you know, my parents didn't just want to send me to Wolverhampton with nothing. You know, they didn't mm. want me to go with having no idea of where I was going and what the university was like. So they came with me um, to come to Wolverhampton to check out the school and everything. Mm. So, so we come to Wolverhampton. We're going to go to a game. We've got tickets and everything. Um, and I think I'm probably the only person on this planet Earth whose happiest day of their lives was just going to Wolverhampton. You know, I get off the train. <laughs> I see the sign that says Wolverhampton. And I'm just smiling ear to ear. You know, I just, mm. I can't believe that I'm here. And it's incredible because we're taking the taxi right over. We're staying in a hotel at West Park. And, you know, you just see Molyneux driving down the, the ring road. And I just, I remember it so perfectly. I just couldn't believe it was real. You mm. know, I'd seen it on TV. I'd seen it on the internet a million times and, and all of this stuff. But when I was there for the first time and I actually saw it, it was like, it truly was like a, a journey to Mecca. Like I just, I couldn't believe that it was there and that mm. I was saying it. it was just unbelievable. It was, 
almost like a outer body experience. It was fantastic. Um, now, the first game that I did see was Wolves and uh, Burton Albion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that was an interesting one because uh, it was just after I think we had signed some new of those, uh, some players from Portugal, uh, Helder Costa being one of them. I think it may have been his debut. Uh, what I do remember is it was Prince Onyangi's one and only goal for the club. <laughs> that was fun to see. And then uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, but uh, Carly Kame saved a penalty in that game as well. So that was really great to see. But, you know, in true Wolves fashion, it, it was going 1-0 for, for ages and ages and ages. And then I think in the 80th minute, Burton e- uh, Albion equalized. And, you know, it's just so Wolves, especially at the time period. So, you know, I think most people were really bummed not to get three points against Burton. But, you know, I just – I was so happy. I, I just – I couldn't believe that I was actually there. And at first, we were only going to go to the one match. I was only going to go to that Burton Albion game. But I convinced my parents to, to let me go into uh, – the, the Brentford game that was played a couple of weeks later. And that was my first experience in the South bank. And, you know, that was just, it was just a whole nother level. You know, it's just, mm. it's those two days were experiences I wouldn't trade for anything in this world. Brilliant. I was, I was just looking up that game as, as well. So yeah, 10th of September, 2016. Uh, and as you say, <laughs> Prince's first goal and, and they get a, um, a plus four, um, equaliser which as you say Burton at home in context to probably fans who had been so much time was a signal but it didn't overshadow your day because it was kind of you know such such a big um, occasion and and, and Molyneux it's, itself for you um, I, I, I think and we're biased and, and why not and people listening uh, you know will be singing from the same hymn sheet but I heard a lot of people on this series and People who have been to a lot of grounds, I know you have, Blake, and you've um, been up and down the country following walls. There is something about Molyneux, and whether or not it's its location in terms of being in the city, and obviously with the units tied there, there's a feel, and you know, and and yeah, I just there, there's something about the ground, isn't there? There's this, you, you you know, it's we're recording these in times when obviously we're you know, for, for, for reasons that we're all aware of, we're not getting to the games, which, and hopefully when it's safe to do so, we will. But I've been thinking about it recently a lot, and I'm sure you have as well. There's, there is just something about Molyneux. It, it's not your carbon ground, which could be replicated many times. There's a, there's a feel, there's a subway, and what that experience for you, and I guess the South Bank, talk me through, that was, did you experience that feel of sort of going to the turnstile and think, you know, well, yeah, especially from an American perspective, because, mm. you know, all of our stadiums and grounds are just like, you know, the new Tottenham Stadium. They're all like that. They're all these mm. really expensive grounds and they're all in the middle of nowhere. You know, they're in yeah. basically miles outside the city with these massive parking lots around them. You know, there's no real connection to the cities that they're in. And, you know, obviously American teams move a lot around a lot and there's that. But it was just so wonderful to go to Wolverhampton and it's right in the city. It's, it's mm. in the heart literally. And what's so cool about Molyneux is you can almost spot every single different era. You've got the Steve Ball, which was from a very unfortunate time in in Mm. Wolves. Then you have the the Stan Cullis, I'm sorry, not the Stan Cullis, the uh, the Billy Wright and the South Bank, which are from uh, Sir Jack. And then you've got uh, the North Bank from the newer era with, um, you know, Red Row and all that. So 
you know, it's, it's so cool to have a ground, which, you know, you can almost look around and you can see every single era, well, not every single era, but most of the newer eras of Wolves history. And it's just something that not a lot of grounds, even in England can say is that they have these, these different stands, which represent these different eras for the clubs. And, you know, especially from an American's perspective where, uh, you know, supporting our team is just taking a, a generic chant that every other team uses and putting your name, your team's name in it. Um, being in the South Bank and actually seeing just these hundreds of songs that everyone just knows by heart. It's just, it, it's unreal. And it's, it's just superb and it's fantastic. And it's so organic, you know. One of the things that I love so much about English football that, that isn't really replicated anywhere else in Europe is that, you know, it's so organic. It, it comes from just people who are drunk out of their minds in, in the South Bank. There's no orchestrator. There's no guy with a megaphone in the front. There's mm. no, t- it's just us. And I, I just love that to bits. And it's 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 funny. I know I know Blake. I know a mutual friend of ours, Stu, was talking about it. I, the way you said "us," then that is your accent. I know that's probably been picked up on, but it's 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 fantastic because it's that it's that it's that twang, isn't it? It's it's yeah. brilliant, big one. So you you're, you're embedded, but oh, you know, away from um, home. What I wanted to ask about because. I think your uh, sort of um, away games, you, you've been to a lot more than I think I have in, in recent years. That that interests me from from American perspective as well, because as, as you know, geographically, it's not a thing, is it, in terms of travelling and following your, your your side, I guess. So what must that be like in terms of your, either your first experience of, because I kind of relate it to sort of like, it's just like an army of people going to a game. and I, And I think there's a cultural part of it as well which I know you've, you've, you've enjoyed and picked up on talk to me about your, your perspective because I found that really interested in terms of the away game were you kind of like over, overwhelmed in terms of this many people travel instantly or you know yeah you know it's completely different to America because in America first of all your away games are normally on average like 3,000 miles away from mm. where, where you live so it's like there's no chance in heck you're getting to, to an away game unless you're, you're flying so you know, just being so close is, is crazy to me that I can take a, a four hour coach journey there and back. And I, I've seen quality football for, for especially at very cheap prices. Cause in America, you know, everything costs so, so much money to go to a sports game because it's all monopolized basically. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy, especially considering that you have these segregated fan sections where, you know, you have specific areas for Wolves fans and specific areas for, for the home fans. And, you know, this, it creates these just great atmospheres and this great banter between the two sets of supporters where, you know, in America, we just don't really have that. It's just not something that's built into to our sports systems and our sports culture. Um, so it was just fantastic to be able to go and basically go on adventures. I mean, that's what away days are really. They're adventures to different parts of the country especially with Europe now, different parts of the world. Um, and to, to, you know, ha- have, have a journey, have a day out, have something to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on now, I guess, Blake, um, sort of highs and lows. So um, I won't preempt because this, this is you, but obviously you came at a, a difficult time in terms of you, your all story. So we'll end on a positive. So therefore we'll start with, sort of the, the the lowest point as a as a fan or just as an experience it doesn't have to be in terms of on the pitch you know or it might have been something that went wrong or not going to plan is there anything or, or any memories that that stand out when you thought god why am I doing this or you know in terms of how 
your relationship with the team was at that time? Well, first of all, you have to remember that the first two years that I supported this club, we were relegated twice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, used, I'm used to having to support through uh, nonsense, to put it politely. Um, you know, the, the obvious low point is Watford because, you know, mm. you were 2-0 up. We all thought, oh, man, this is it. We, we, we have a great record against the top six. This is going to be our year. We're going to finally win silverware. And then, you know, it just falls into pieces. But even then, you know, I, I just – if you would ask me to do that again and say just change it up a little bit, maybe it's Southampton this time, I'd still do it. You know, mm. it, it, even when it's that bad, even when it's the absolute worst, I would still go to hell and back for this team. I really would. Uh, maybe that's self-evident from the fact that I traded in California for Wolverhampton. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. There aren't really bad memories, especially considering that the time I came over here was, you know, the Nuno era when we were just winning left, right, and center. So, I've been very, very fortunate. I will say that. It is, it is it is funny because, like you say, that sort of change. I mean, we see a lot of adverts for California, and I would imagine it's not replicated over in California. I just imagine what the promotional video would be to sell Wolverhampton to people sitting in California. It won't be sort of, yeah, the, the shores and sort of the countryside and so forth. But, yeah, there's. I think what, you know, we've, we've found and... and a big shout out to um, sort of a lot of our American listeners as well, either who many sort of are, um, are living in America, many that I know you've met as well, Steve and Todd, and there's, there's so many. But the, the theme that I get is, I guess Wolves is a people's club, isn't it? And I guess because you live in the city as well, you, you become embroiled in it as well. So um, in terms of your, your best moments then, I mean, there's probably a lot to choose from in the Nuno era. What's been your favourite game or, or, or sort of fem- favourite memory so far? Well, there's, there's two I have to mention. Mm. The first, which is the more obvious one, was Cardiff away. Now, that has a more interesting story because 24 hours before that match, I was in California. Wow. So, I caught a red-eye flight from California to London and then trained from London to, uh, to Reading, then from Reading to... Uh, where was it then to uh, basically Wales mm-hmm. and I, I hadn't got a, uh, one iota of sleep in that whole time and you know I'm, I'm showing up to the ground a couple hours early because I have no other option because that was just when the trains were running I'm jet lagged out of my mind I, I, I all I'm thinking about is sleep and then I watch arguably the most incredible football match Wolves have ever played bar maybe Bristol yeah. and you know it was just it was unbelievable because for those two penalties, you know, the first one, you know, okay, yeah, we saved it. That was so amazing. We, we couldn't believe it. And then we concede another. And you're just thinking, there's no way. There's no way they missed twice. <laughs> and for me, that was, that was the moment where I had realized, okay, this is it. We're winning the championship. We are going up. So it just, it all sort of hit me at once, especially with the jet lag. It was just unbelievable. Now, the next moment may not be as obvious. Um, my dad is a massive Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Okay. Um, so he had actually flown over to, to come to the game at Wembley when, when Wolves were playing Tottenham. And, you know, Tottenham were doing quite well at the time and Wolves were sort of so-so. We were struggling a little bit. And, you know, he had just been ragging to me all day about how Wolves were going to be smashed and how it was Tottenham's time. And, you know, sure enough, 
we go to the ground. We're playing all right. We concede first. You know, it's Harry Kane's goal. And then the second half, it's just all Wolves. And we score those three brilliant goals. And, you know, there, there's footage online of, of the limbs and the, the away end. And you can actually see me because I've taken my top off. I'm just going absolutely <laughs> insane because I can't believe that I've just beaten, well, Wolves have just beaten my dad's team. And it, it was just one of the greatest nights ever because, you know, it was that father-son rivalry and I had no idea that Wolves were going to win that game. I, I never thought in a million years that Wolves were going to win it. And it was just, everything went perfect. It was fantastic. Brilliant. I mean, just, I think we, we have been sort of blessed in that era, but I, I love the, the dedication of getting to Cardiff. Um, but, and I, I guess you were grateful that you had quite an exciting game yeah. to keep you going and keep you sort of re- resolve up. And, you, and, and I guess if you experience that 90 minutes, you kind of feel like you've probably been, yeah, on, on a hell of a journey and, literally you'd been on 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 a hell of a journey so that that is you know and and that's the thing is I think you're right with that game it was kind of it just felt there was just too much going in our way and then I don't it might have been a look thing I don't know but like you say it's the one it's like okay the chances again okay Cav what are you doing and then it's like yeah what 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 a game and um the Spurs game, I don't know if you've seen All or Nothing. I think they 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 featured that recently in terms of um Wolves and Spurs and that and that game as well. But um no, inc- incredible. Um in, in terms of on, on on the pack, I mean we, we talk about your um affection for Wolverhampton and, and talk to me about, you know, what it means to you to be sort of part of part of the pack. Well, I mean it's everything. You know, I came here not knowing anyone, not a soul. And, you know, our good mutual friend, Stu, he, he just saw a Facebook post that I had made about being in, in Wolverhampton from California. And, you know, he just welcomed me into a pub and, and we had drinks. And that's basically been the relationship I've had with everyone I've known here. You know, everyone's just been fantastic towards me. And, you know, it, it was just like being welcomed into a family, you know, mm. when I've had absolutely nothing here everyone at Wolves was just nothing but welcoming. And it's just been superb. I mean, really, it, it, it's it's very touching to me because I, I had, as I said before a million times, nothing. So to have these wonderful relationships with these wonderful people who owe me absolutely nothing, you know, it's just been, it's been fantastic. It's the, it's the camaraderie and it's the, you know, yeah, it, it is a family. And I think, you know, I, when I was talking about doing this series and the stories from the pack and, we we all see it now with the the ground and the identity and the marketing and from the outside it might be oh that's a little bit niche but i think it's so so apt because this whole pack mentality on the pitch you see it in terms of the togetherness but you see it off the pitch as well and you see you know in terms of as, as you say you know people from different countries and different cultures and so forth and you all come together and i think that's that's amazing that it's given you that um, that outlet and giving you that that community as well. Um, so it, it it honestly it's it's just it's just great to hear and it kind of makes us miss it even more, doesn't it? Really, but yeah. this is this is where we're at and and you know um, it's I, I think it's great. I really do, Blake. Um, in terms of the um, players, I guess at the moment who's um, who would be your favourite player or who is, what would you say at this present time? From a skill perspective, Traore, because mm. 
I think he really has the, the, the potential to become one of Europe's great players. I mean, if he can get his football, his football, you know, he can run like hell, but he, he, his football skills need to come a little bit of a ways, but he's come an unbelievable amount. You know, he, he's just grown so, so much. And I think if he can keep that going, he's going to be a, a true star, not just for Wolves, but for Europe in general. Um, from more of a personality standpoint, I love Connor Cody. I mean, he's 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 fantastic. You gotta love a character like him. So, uh, you know, yeah, and Willie Bolly as well. You know, especially that interview where uh, I can't remember what it was. It was that Sky Sports preseason look into Wolves. Yes, <laughs> they're trying to ask him questions, and then he goes, "Would you be happy if I just ignored you right now?" And Willie Bolly's like, "Yeah, yeah, that would be the greatest thing on earth." And you know, you just gotta love it. You know, we've been so fortunate because most of these Wolves lads seem like they're 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 proper guys. They're just, you know, they're, they're doing their work. They're doing hard stuff and they seem to have the right character about it. And I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's character. And it, it's something I've referenced um, recently, you know, when we talk about the players and there's a lot of talk about the Portugal influence and the amount of players coming over, but it's character. These guys are younger than us and they kind of just got a maturity beyond their years as well. And they've, 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 they've really settled in and, and become part of the pack. So, um, yeah, you see so many teams who, who have players who just try to be stars. And it seems like every single player on Wolves wants to be a part of the team. They're all mm. working towards the same goal. It's great. And so I guess really if we sort of go back and sort of summarize your story. So an introduction, you know, in terms of, uh, of Wolves, a familiarity in terms of this is going to be my, my, my side and then a move over here and joining a you know a real tough time for the club and double relegations. You referenced it earlier, but again, I think it's worth talking about because you've got to live in the moment. Seeing us in Europe, then Blake, what was that like for, uh, for you as a sort of a, a fan from your Burton at home to you know Besiktas? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just it's unbelievable, you know especially, you know, we, we'd played so poorly that, that first stint in the league one that mm. no one knew what was going to happen. Even though, you know, we, we may have put on brave faces and say, Oh yeah, we're going to win the league. You know, I think everyone sort of was a bit hesitant and everyone knew that we could have been where Sunderland are right now. So to come from that and to be where we are now, I mean, it's, it's truly unbelievable. I mean, I just can't believe it. You know, I've been fortunate enough to go to, to Northern Ireland to see us play Crusaders. And I went to uh, Barcelona to see us play Espanyol. And it's just, I truly don't believe it. You know, it, it just, it, it's all too good. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been so, so rubbish for so many years. And then we, we've pulled it all together to do what seems like impossible. And it seems like the sky's the limit. I mean, we're bringing in new players every day who seem like they're going to be world-class. So who knows what the future is going to bring, but it, it only looks like it's going up from here. And how was that Espanol experience then for you? How was, how was that? Was it, did you make it to a few days or? Yeah, I made it into a few days. Uh, my dad actually came over. Uh, so that was really yeah. nice. He came over and we both went to the match. He was in the home end. I was in the away. Um, but yeah, we, we toured all around Barcelona. We got to see the Sagrada Familia, which was unbelievable. I mean, that, that's, mm. that's a truly beautiful sight. And the food, oh my word. If you haven't been to Barcelona, go just <laughs> food. It's yes. best food I've ever had in my life. It is unbelievable. It, I, I can second that. It is. It's a great, great city. And hopefully, when when you know, 
we're out of Europe this year, as, as we know. But, you know, it could be timed nicely that we, you know, progress this year and then the, perhaps there are opportunities when the world is in a different place that we, we can go again. Um, but, Blake, just before um, closing, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I think it's a fantastic story and we're keen to get as many people as possible who want to share their story. Um, as I said at the start of the podcast, um, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. You can check out our, on our website where you can go onto wallsfancast.com. You can listen to Series 1 or Series 2, which we're part of now. And, um, yeah, um, this season then, it, this is time-sensitive, so we're just recording this after the Sheffield United game. So I'm going to put that just in case somebody listens to this in a time capsule in years ahead. Putting you on the spot here before we close, where do you think a realistic position would be for, for Wolves this season? Normally, I'm pretty pessimistic, but I think there's a real chance we can be fifth. Mm. I think you're right. Is that pessimism? Is that a Wolverhampton thing you think you've inherited? Maybe today? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? If you have low expectations, you're rarely disappointed. So. <laughs> well, let's hope so. No, Blake, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everybody who's listened um, to the podcast. And um, we'll see you next time. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov career USBP. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? Or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Equal housing lender.